Hello, PolyM fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hey there, Polyam fam, and welcome back to the show where a couple of polyamorous folk work through life, the universe, and everything. I'm Monsada. I'm Bella, and you're listening to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. You do that so well. I try. You're, you're good at it. Thanks. And you're adorable when you do it. I know. Today, you're going to hear a couple of words which you may or may not have already heard. And we're going to help out with the understanding of those words. Yeah. Bella, why don't you start us off? Well, I'm going to talk for a minute on the definition of a relationship anarchist or relationship anarchy. Um, And this comes from an article on thecut.com by Katie Haney. Haney? And she says that relationship anarchy, a term coined by Andy Norgren, is a relationship philosophy which draws its tenets from political anarchy. The main one being that all relationships, romantic and otherwise, shouldn't be bound by any rules not agreed upon by the involved parties. What those relationships might look like may vary greatly from pair to pair, trio, foursome, whatever the dynamic, but there are several core values shared by most relationship anarchists. Being non-hierarchical, which means they don't rank their romantic partners necessarily more important than their friends. Um, Anti-prescriptionists, so there are no built-in prescriptions about what a partnership must look like. And often non-monogamous. Some relationship anarchists are polyamorous, some poly people practice relationship hierarchy, but the two are most like overlapping circles than synonyms. So that's relationship anarchy. Similar but not the same is solo poly or solo polyamorous. Mm -hmm. In an article on Psychology Today by Elizabeth A. Sheff, PhD, CSE, the description of solo polyamory is a fluid category that covers a range of relationships for the youthful free agent or recent divorcee who might want to settle down someday but for now wants to play the field with casual, brief, no-strings-attached connections, to the seasoned solo poly who has deeply committed, intimate, and lasting relationships with one or more people. Some solo polys have relationships that they consider emotionally primary, but not primary in a logistical rank or rules-based sense. And others don't want the kind of expectation and limitation that comes with a primary romantic and or sexual relationship. Yeah. So how are you? What do you got going on lately? Oh, I mean, I've been better. It's been a pretty good week, but I am dealing with some fun tooth pain, which is a blast. I actually cracked it a couple years ago uh, while eating, believe it or not, cucumber and hummus. Um, I had a date night with my girlfriend and we had cucumber and hummus and I remember cracking it that night. And um, I, I don't know, I didn't have dental insurance at the time or something, so I didn't get it fixed. And it's been a few years now. And then the other day, I was at work eating a hard-boiled egg. It's really not as hard as the title says it is. It's really quite soft. And a chunk of my tooth fell out. 
So that was fun. Oh. So I've, I've got a, a chunk of my tooth missing. So it's a little bit painful and I really need to get into the dentist. But aside from that, this last week, I actually had a really, really good girls night this last weekend, which was amazeballs. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a whole lot of girls night friend gatherings. We host events all the time. And so I've gotten used to playing host mode. Um, but I'm really trying to focus on like building stronger friendships yeah. um, and focusing on people who are important in my life instead of just all the hosting that I can do with all these strangers. I want to actually build stronger bonds. So that was a lot of fun. We, um, I told the girls to, and it was a small group. It was only four of us. And I told the girls to bring food and bring drink and we're going to hang. And so we jumped in the pool and then we made tacos, played a board game called Villainous. It's uh -huh. Disney's Villainous. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to play it again. Exciting. And then we ended the night with my friend Katie's favorite movie because I got a request for, as she calls it, the fairy movie. Yeah. Um, it's officially called Strange Magic by Lucasfilm. Yeah, and it's so much fun. And so we had some good talks, and I feel like we bonded. It was a good time. Awesome. How was your week weekend? All the things combined. Uh, I think the the coolest thing of note for me recently is I was invited to go to a concert mm -hmm. by a poly friend of ours. She's looking for a concert buddy. I like concerts, yeah. and I'm a good concert buddy. <laughs> so I was down. And she ended up with a couple extra tickets, and I invited my wife. Mm -hmm. So the three of us got to go. She got to meet my wife. I think they hit it off pretty decent. And I got to see In This Moment and Disturbed. Nice. Which I'm a huge In This Moment fan. I really like Disturbed. Both sets were fantastic. And David Draymond, the singer for Disturbed, actually had a lot to say about, like, life and you know where we are and they are strong advocates for addiction yeah. prevention assistance and suicide and depression prevention assistance yeah so that there, there was some talks about that and there was some talks about coming together as human beings and and remembering that whatever makes us different isn't as important as what brings us together and and he used the night at that show as as a way to say look Look to your left and look to your right and look at all these people around you and look past everything that makes each of them different. Look past each of the labels or whatever identifiers it was that made them different mm -hmm. and realize we all came together to hear the same songs, to sing the same songs together mm -hmm. and to just be in this one moment together. In this moment. Well, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of profound and... And I think that it was something I really wanted to hear and needed to hear in my life at this time. Yeah. And life has a funny way of reminding you what you need to hear sometimes. Yeah. So the concert was fantastic. Got to hang out with my concert buddy, which was fantastic. And we saw a couple of great bands. Awesome. And you have a little um, concert habit. Yeah, I do. Uh, every concert I go to, I got to get a shirt. Yeah. And... Money was tight this week, so yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get one, but I made it happen, <laughs> and it was a really good shirt, and uh, I, I only, normally what I do is I try to get a shirt from each of the bands, Right. but this time I could only get one shirt 
And of course, I said I was there for it in this moment, so I got really sick in this moment. It was a cool one. Even when you walked in at like 2 a.m., I was like, my eyes are barely open, but I can see you have a new shirt on. Yeah. (laughs) And I got to wear it there, man. It's a thing. Yeah. So it was a good night for friends for me. Awesome. Sounds like a good night for friends all around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of friends, with us today is one of our best friends, Katie. We met her a little over a year ago at a mutual friend's birthday barbecue where we connected through sports talk, shiwis, and face shootings. Bam! 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 And the friendly banter just never ended. Right. Katie's a boisterous personality and has a generous heart. At an event, because of her exuberance, you'll recognize her without even knowing her. I heard about that, Katie! I know who that is. (laughs) She's fun and light-spirited, but has no difficulty being serious when the need arises. She takes care of people professionally and personally. She's just an all-around good person. Yay! Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. That's a lot to live up to. (laughs) You do it every day, though, and that's what's amazing. So, Katie, for those who don't know you, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Anything you want to share? Maybe how you got into Polly? Um... Wait, before we do that, can I ask you, how have you been? Anything new going on? Anything exciting? Yeah, I played a softball tournament, most of it. Um, <laughs> it was, wasn't it a fundraiser? It was. It was a, it was a fundraiser for, um, I think, abuse survivors this, this weekend. Nice. We also got to watch a couple more Marvel movies. Yes. So Katie comes to our place every Monday. She has not seen Marvel movies aside of the Black Panther, and we are indoctrinating her. <laughs> one by one, she to the Marvel see them Cinematic all. Universe. So every Monday we get together, we watch one movie. Marvel movie Monday. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing, and we're up to. What we did we just, just finished Captain America: Civil War. Civil War. Right before recording this. Yep. All right. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, how's your skin doing? A little sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> little sunburn. I'd say she's pink, but she's more like a tomato. It looks painful. Our oh. guest host is actually a it's sun-ripened crazy. tomato this, <laughs> this week. It's radiating heat. <laughs> Just the space heater, it's fine. It's perfect, it's fine. It's not 95 degrees outside. Space <laughs> heaters are good. <laughs> so back to it. How did you get into Polly? Uh, I had a longtime friend... Um, we were friends for like 11 years, 10, 11 years. And I reconnected with her, uh, after I got out of kind of a toxic relationship. Mm. And apparently she had a crush on me for like 10 years and I had no idea. Which is adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm oblivious pretty, pretty much all the time still. That's a good time. Uh, (laughs) time. (laughs) So she told me and then... We started seeing each other, and then we started dating, and then we became partners. But she also had another partner, um, and still does. Um, We're not partners anymore, but uh, her and her other partner still are. And uh, we're all still pretty close, good friends. So you got to learn through a friend, through a longtime trusted friend. Yeah. You know what I think is funny about your your intro story here? Is you were talking about how she had a crush on you and you had no idea. <laughs> and the idea of polyamory is to date multiple people and to 
and to have these connections and and to be able to share and spread love and receive it openly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most common things I hear from people in polyamory is, oh, this person had a crush on me and I had no idea. Right. Or I had a crush on this person for so long and they had no idea. It's strange how common that is in polyamory. Well, I think before we get into poly, you're so trained to, like, not share your love. I guess that's true. You weren't polyamorous yet that you're aware of. The last relationship I got out before before that was a monogamous relationship okay. for, like, so four and this, a half years. if this friend of yours knew you were monogamous back then, she might not have shared her love for her, not wanting to pressure a monogamous person or sure. add anything. That might be it. Sure. So maybe that's part of the why people don't share it all the time. Because unless you're in this world as deep as we are, where we're so open about everything now, it might not be so common, you know? That's that's a good point. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily always practice monogamy, um, but I, I've always done relationships ethically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did things differently. Um, because I didn't know polyamory was a thing. So I used to date a lot of people at the same time and be open that I'm dating a lot of people, but just avoid the commitment part where it would become like exclusive. So I kind of practiced polyamory without practicing polyamory because I didn't know there was, uh, ways to do that better. And I didn't know it was a thing. That's cool though. Yeah, definitely. Just being open and being like, hey, I still like you and I want to date you, but FYI, I'm also dating these people. Right. And then there was people that thought I was a player. Right. (laughs) Right. But I don't really see it that way because I was being honest and open about everything even then. Yeah. Well, it's again, it's one of those words that like monogamous culture has trained us to think a player, someone who's dating multiple people, you must be a player and you're a bad person for it, regardless of the fact that it's all open and honest. What if you're a bad player? (laughs) Then you lose. Oh, no. I'm losing. You lose the game. (laughs) The game of life. Or at least the game of love. I see what you did there. (laughs) Well played. You're a better player after all. (laughs) Oh, you? (laughs) So how long have you considered yourself polyamorous now? I guess it's a little over a year and a half. And have you learned anything about, like, what your preferred relationship style is or, like, how you like to poly? Like, has anything changed or over the year? Well, I'm solo poly and I'm single. Those aren't really the same thing. Right. <laughs> right. You can interchange them. Right. You can be solo poly and not single at the same time. So I, um, I do more of a relation anarchy kind of thing like I don't go into meeting somebody and talking to somebody with any sort of expectations of what if anything is gonna um, evolve of that I just kind of see where things kind of naturally go uh, whether that's platonic whether that's we have a 20-minute conversation and never talk to each other again or then it was a great know, 20 minutes yeah, yeah. Or, or if it's uh, gonna there. go somewhere been there <laughs> been there done that I love that concept though like not having any any sort of expectations on it and just being open and free loving the 20 minutes or loving the time spent in the relationship and if it ends it ends and that was a great way of it and we don't have to label it we don't have to put a put it in this box it can turn into or be whatever the two people or three or four people in the relationship make it well it's especially helpful when you don't attach expectations Mm -hmm. to relationships I've had great 
20 minute <laughs> situations where neither one of us attached expectations and we still remain friends and we still talk or we'll even flirt again out of the blue but the idea of attaching expectation means oh i'm talking with this person a lot and now they're obligated to talk to me longer or i'm obligated to talk to them longer and we're obligated to start jumping on some kind of relationship escalator mm -hmm. towards something and if you don't think about that in the moment and if you don't worry about expectations as it's all happening then you're not setting yourself up for disappointment or feeling like you were ghosted or you're just accepting what's happening now yeah and not and not creating something that's not there yeah i've noticed for me it makes it uh easier to deal with um moving on in you know whether that's uh just a change in dynamics of a relationship with somebody or whether it's just you know that ending mm -hmm. um i feel like i go through less of a grief and loss process than a lot of people do just because of that which is cool yeah um but i also think that it helps with i handle rejection very well you do <laughs> <laughs> because i don't really see it as rejection uh, i see it as like somebody else had different um different desires at that point in their life and I didn't fit that and that's okay because I know not everybody's for me and I don't want to be for everybody either so so it's not like they're rejecting you as a person saying you're a terrible person you don't belong in my life they're just saying your piece doesn't fit with my piece right now sure and that's okay that's a really beautiful way of looking at it honestly mm -hmm. I'm gonna learn a lot from this episode I, I know right and she was nervous right <laughs> I'd say you're turning red, but you're already sunburned oh, red. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm camouflage. <laughs> All right, so we talked about how you got into it and like what you prefer. You're kind of a, a relationship anarchist, solo poly, do what I want kind of person. What is your current cule, your polycule look like? Are you seeing anyone? I am single as fuck. <laughs> I love how she puts that every time. <laughs> I'm dating some people. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got I've got friends that I'm getting to know a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, I'm open to some possibilities with some people, but uh, yeah, I am not. I have no partners. I'm partnerless. Piper, Piper's There's my Piper. dog, and Hopi's my dog. Her pups. Yeah, but I wouldn't. We have a different kind a... of relationship. Yeah. That's, she's relationship anarchy. She can define her relationships as she wants. <laughs> I don't think that relationship anarchy is a good cover for bestiality. No, I didn't say it was sexual. Oh, you took it to a whole new level. <laughs> we are uh, an intimate relationship podcast. Oh my goodness. You know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, though, because um, I don't necessarily consider an intimate relationship to have to be sexual because I would totally date somebody that was asexual, especially being polyam polyamorous, like because there's other partners that can meet, meet you know, mm -hmm. sexual needs that I have that they wouldn't, but they could offer a lot of things uh, in a partnership that maybe I wouldn't have with somebody else. Maybe I wouldn't have that kind of connection. I find right. myself thinking that way with women a lot, actually. I was with my ex-girlfriend. Her and I were not very sexual. She'd consider herself asexual, and um, for a few different reasons. 
I think if I were to jump back into dating women again, they probably wouldn't be on the sexual side of relationships. Um, so I get that. So you said you're single as fuck, but then you kind of followed it up with you're seeing some people and you're growing the relationships. So is it difficult at times to maybe explain what solo poly is or understand what solo poly is for yourself or for potential partners because if you're saying you're single as fuck and that you're kind of seeing some people like me not having a lot of experience with relationship anarchists individually or personally that would confuse me so how would how would that help how could you explain that in a way that would help alleviate some of that confusion well, I, I just explain it to the people I'm talking to what my specific situation is without putting, uh, I guess, titles around it. I just say, this is what I've got going on right now. I'm very transparent about the things. Um, I don't do any don't ask, don't tell kind of situations. Um, if people have that set up with their partners, that's fine. If that's comfortable for them, I just won't engage with that because um, if I can't talk about something, I don't want any part of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then you just lay it all open. So, like, say sure. you and I are starting to date, or I'm wanting to date you, and I'm trying to understand what I'm getting myself into by dating Katie. And and I'm, I'm trying to think, well, what do I have in the way of metas? Like, who are these people that I might need to get to know in my life? So I, I'm saying, hey, Katie, you know, if we're, if we're going to date on a regular are there any metas that I need to know about? Are there any metas that would be good to meet? Or, I mean, how do you navigate that? I think a better question would be who is important in your life right now? Mm. Mm. Instead of like, who, who would my potential metas be? Asking like, who's important in your life? Yeah, like who do you spend a lot of time with right now? Like what's your relationship with your family like? Like, I think all of those questions are just as valid as questions about specific met metas. Mm -hmm. Um, because to have a meta, you have to have um, a partnership, but that doesn't necessarily mean um, that you don't have a significant relationship with somebody without that title of being partners, regardless of what that relationship looks like. Like, I would say I have a significant relationship with you two. Right. Okay. Just because we have a really good friendship, but not because uh, there's anything else involved with that. Right. And if someone were looking to date you and maybe had a problem with one or both of us they could potentially ask in the first date or going out with you who's important in your life and even though we're not a partner for you they would know we're important and if they don't want anything to do with us they would know that right up front just because that we're important and connected yeah i'm pretty transparent about the things okay i can see how that actually provides more valuable information the question doesn't feel invasive though like, who's important in your life? <laughs> like, big spotlight right here. Like, I think it was a legitimate question. Like, if it gets weird... Like, who's important in your life? That doesn't sound invasive to you? I think that... Like, if someone asks me that and we're out doing our thing, and someone's like, well, who's important in your life? That feels yeah, yeah, mildly yeah. invasive to me, and that's why I asked it, yeah. but I did. Part of the issue is, is when you're in social situations, social environments, you're trying to read cues, and you're trying to mm -hmm. understand things, and your brain will process the information in a manner which goes for your survival technique. So for me, if someone's asking me about personal questions in my life, 
that's how it's going to sound in my head. Right. So I guess when I'm getting to know people, I mean, one of my first go-to questions is usually like, what's your poly story? Right? How did you get into it? How long have you been doing it? And that usually goes to like, who are your current partners or do you have current partners? And so, I mean, I guess the who's important to your life is a great question for people who are maybe already friends with you or know you a little bit. You know, are you, are you currently, like, what does your scheduling even look like? Are you currently seeing anybody? Do you go on dates or do you have a relationship? So I might word it that way. I'll say something like that. that I think would, that would be better. Imposing. Yeah. I don't know. I guess for me, like, if I'm getting to know somebody, there's got to be a point where I, I've got to let them get to know me a little bit too. And a question like, who's important in your life? That can be answered a lot of different ways. Mm. And you get to choose how you answer that. Uh, you can choose whether or not to include names. You okay. can uh, just, you know, if I'm telling you how important my brother and my niece and nephew are, you don't need to know their names. You can know the relationship. Uh, if I'm talking about my best friends, you can know what the relationship is, not necessarily know um, you know, their names, birth dates, and social security <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And I think it just varies a lot, too, on the individuals involved. I think yeah. a lot of it is how you say something, mm -hmm. too, and what the context of the conversation is and how you get, you got there, too. All right. And hey. I, I personally prefer direct communication. <laughs> I'm a direct communicator. I don't understand things like riddles. Uh... <laughs> Or vagueness. Or, yeah. I, I don't even understand flirting. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, if somebody can have a crush on me for 10 years and I have no idea, like, you should probably just tell me the things directly. Right. And sometimes if somebody is blatantly flirting with me to where I can actually kind of maybe tell, I might ask a question like, are you flirting with me? <laughs> right. You, you'll ask a direct question to clarify it. Because I just don't know. I'm not being a smartass. Right. <laughs> so another fun question I like to ask people um, is in an ideal world, right? So there's no money limitations or distance limitations and things like that. And nobody's jealous and everything's peachy and everything's fine. In an ideal world, what does your polycule look like? My answer is probably going to be boring as fuck. <laughs> because part of not having any expectations about things is mm. I don't ideologize like what my future is going to look like in that way. And that's just not really how my mind works. But I know enough about myself to know that it would be nice to have like certain things involved with that. Yeah. Like, I don't mind living with other people, you know, whether they're partners or, or not. But I need to have my own space. And I don't do things like... Uh, vetoes. Mm. I'll never get in a relationship where a, a veto situation is an expectation, but I'll listen to partners' concerns about things. Um, but that feels controlling to me. Some people view it differently. So that's just something, you know, for me. So it would be like a veto-free... Veto-free land. <laughs> but I also really like people. And I also really don't like <laughs> I get that. <laughs> On any given day, you I never really know. love my people. <laughs> and my people, that, you know, situation, how that looks can change, you know, when you meet people and people kind of come and go out of your lives. But I like having a good connection with people that have different kinds of relationships with me. So whether that's like a meta situation, a partner situation, you know. I, I kind of like the, the feel of a, a 
a community. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Um, drama free preferred because <laughs> this is drama free zone. I would rather ride a bicycle without a seat <laughs> than hang out with a bunch of people that are going to stir up drama. Free. I hear that's a really good time. Uh, owies. I mean, some people are into it. Maybe I don't know. So Naked bike ride in Portland. <laughs> owies. So I'm still trying to understand the solo poly thing. Okay. Because I like to know more about how people work, so that I can get a broader view on life. The way you explained it earlier, I understand that you're not just looking for a bunch of friends with benefits. You want real connection with some of the people you're involved with. Totally. Is a friends with benefits thing something that is something that you could do? I do you... do that. Okay. In that situation, because the dynamic is a friends with benefits and not like a live-in partner what does that look like sometimes it's just circumstances okay so for me like i won't have a partner that lives super far away from me um or a place i don't get to very often mm -hmm. because that would stress me out to not be able to meet their relationship needs if distance is an issue so i have a limit on that okay <laughs> um and i live in salem so Nobody lives in Salem on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but I do right now, not on purpose. I'm trying to get out. Um, get out now. But there's not like a lot of people that I've met that are openly polyamorous and that I know about um, at this point, especially in the Salem area. So I think it, expanding and having different kinds of relationships, because I think friendships to me are probably more important than friendships are to a lot of people um like you joshua i'm a capricorn yeah. <laughs> so i am both loyal and stubborn yeah yeah and we get along it's fun <laughs> we have good times um but i think taking into account circumstances and logistics of what could work uh, is better than being hopeful that something like a partnership situation could work for me uh, in something like a long distance situation but that friendship part is still really important to me. And sometimes we might get together and fuck. <laughs> and that's okay, too. I love that whole lead up. Like, you're, you're taking it in a really good direction, and you're, you're just getting really involved and developing some rich deepness to the story. <laughs> and then you just end it like, sometimes we just get together and fuck. <laughs> That was so That's good. a different kind of rich deepness. <laughs> but that's also that real. A, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's also real and legit. Like, you can have this deep, crazy, intimate friendship connection. And, you know, maybe one night it's really cold outside and you want to keep warm. And that's how you connect. <laughs> it can happen. All right. So, following that up, what would you say have been your biggest struggles? In polyamory or just in relationships in general? Well, there's a giant adjustment in communication because, especially with the kind of poly I practice, there are no, there's no room for assumptions about anything. Oh, um, assumptions are killer. So you have to have the conversations because there's really not an expectation that we're following any sort of society rules about anything. There's no relationship ex escalator. In fact, some of the things on 
a typical relationship escalator are repulsive to me. So you have to talk about the things. Um, and you have to talk about the things with individuals and you have to also consider not just how that's going to impact whatever dynamic you have with that other person, um, whether it's platonic or, or otherwise, but you have to see, take into account how that's going to impact other people that are important in your life. So what are some of the relationship escalator things that are repulsive to you? Uh, marriage. Yeah. <laughs> For one, and I am not going to shoot a baby out my slip and slide. <laughs> so when did you, when did you come across the term solo poly? And when did you realize that that applied to you? Ooh, good question. I don't remember. I don't remember how I came about it or when I figured it out. Or I don't feel like there was any giant epiphany about it. No aha moment? No. I just do what I want. I have a question. So you talked about, like, as you were learning more or figuring quality out, where do you think or feel like you learned the most? Like, when you were new and putting together things are called certain things like where did you learn the most from or did you go somewhere specific for newbies who are listening I think I had a little bit of an advantage just having known somebody that was already practicing polyamory before mm -hmm. that happened to be the person that I was connecting with again or on a different level um, and her and her partner partner kind of took me under their wing and taught me a lot of things mm. um we also read more than two together we yeah. talked about some things that kind of as we went so that was helpful too um just being in different polyamory groups on facebook mm -hmm. and seeing commentary and that's helpful too um especially when it remains to be about polyamory lots of the in-person interactions I think helped me the most when I was starting out. So what I'm getting is that sometimes the best way to be involved in this or learn about this is to have like a mentor or a coach yeah. or somebody personally that you get to know or spend time with because reading the whole spectrum can be daunting like uh -huh. you know you've got all these books or you've got all these groups or you've got all these websites and and what do I read and what, I mean, if they conflict. So much they, information. So finding someone that you connect with on an emotional level or sure. or somebody you look up to as a peer or, or a guide of some sort mm -hmm. would probably help people with polyamory. Right, especially having a mentor or two um, that is aware of different areas and different practices of polyamory because your poly is not my poly. Right. Um, that's true for the person that I dated when I became polyamorous. Like, we don't practice polyamory the same. Um, having conversations with different polyamorous people just as friends and seeing how things work for different people is super helpful, too. Um, yeah. Talking about your poly struggles with other poly people gives you a lot of perspective that you can't get from somebody that's uh, that practices monogamy that doesn't know true. anything right. about it. Or trying to find that one paragraph in that one book. Or, geez, what was the name of that website that discussed this one issue I'm specifically having right now? Right. Versus saying, hey, Bella, I'm really struggling, man. Like, what can we do here? Right. Well, I could see. Or even difference. knowing that you're not the only person going through it. All right. So with all of that said, you know, we've got some listeners here. 
What, Katie, would you offer to them as advice as they move into their poly journey? I don't know that I'm the best person to come to for advice unless it's specific individual information that you're telling me about a situation. But um, I can tell you some things that I've noticed, especially about the poly community, is we um, kind of collectively or even just here and there as people in a forum tend to get... Um, defensive about how things are said sometimes uh, and instead of trying to understand the intent of the person saying the things even if they're new they they read things differently so um, I guess sitting back and watching and kind of lurking um, and finding out information and talking to people one-on-one -on -one more just to learn more about polyamory would be probably a better way to go or just have some really really thick skin okay well i think it, i think that's a pretty good collection of questions yeah and i think that was a lot of information to be shared it was i do have i do have kind of a closing question on oh, the okay. light side to kind of wrap it up with what we started talking about in the beginning yes so as we mentioned earlier in the episode katie comes over for marvel movie mondays so my question, do you know where I'm going with this? I do, yeah. Do you want to ask it? No, it's all no? you. So then my question is, now that you are up to Civil War, who is your favorite Marvel superhero? And why? And why? <laughs> where were you on the night of the 20th? <laughs> I don't know that it would be fair just to mention one right here. Yeah. Um, I know for a while I you really were in love with I really super one. love Iron Man. <laughs> He's probably the only narcissist on the planet that I would fuck. <laughs> you think she's going to say like, and then she says fuck. You're welcome. Right. Uh, but I also super like Thor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Sword, Thor's friend Sif is super hot. She is. Too. Like, super hot. You know, Captain America's all right. Well, Thor's hot. Thor is hot. Thor, Thor is super hot. Thor and Sif together. Yeah, like I sign me up. <laughs> I would not be a unicorn unless that that were the <laughs> case going into it. Sign me up. I also actually really like the the Black Panther movie, mm -hmm. but I really like the Lady Warriors in mm -hmm. that movie more than I like the Black Panther. Right. I mean, Groot's cute. <laughs> baby Baby Groot is probably one of my top favorites yeah. just because of the dancing thing. It's <laughs> pretty damn cute. And I know that you also happen to like Ant Man. Oh yeah, I really Ant Man's like a new favorite too. Yeah, I just I just learned about him recently. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty well rounded. And Paul Rudd, Rudd looks the same as he did when he was like twelve. Right, he hasn't aged. Yeah. Joshua, who's your favorite Marvel superhero? Are we talking for the MCU or all of Marvel? The um, like just the movies or the just comics? the just the movies because that's where Katie's at. Probably Rocket. Oh, oh Rocket yeah, fan. Rocket. Rocket, man. Yeah. Rocket Raccoon, super, yeah, super cute. I identify with Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> On a deep level. On many levels. Yes. Yeah. You? I was just thinking. I don't know. I really like Black Widow, but my favorite is more of the collective. So I like when everybody comes together kinds of things. Okay. It's really my favorite. The big group shots. Yeah. You like group shots. Yeah. So you like the Avenger movies. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, I just want to thank Katie for coming by. I know it's a bit warm today. 
but I think it was fun. I think it was a good time. It's because Katie's always a good time. Katie's radiating heat, let me tell you. It's a sunburnt tomato. A tomato. I can't help it. I'm just hot. Yep. <laughs> She's all like, I'm bad with flirting. Let me throw this pickup line. Okay. <laughs> I'm good at bantering. Just bad at flirting. So maybe you need to realize that bantering is your way of flirting. Mm. Well, sometimes I'm bantering just to banter, not to flirt. But it looks the same. You just have to clarify intent by asking me a direct question. Quit sending mixed signals. It's not a mixed signal. It's just a good time and a good time, but a different kind of good time that looks the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. oh, man. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode with Katie here in our interview guest spot, as always, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Share it with your friends. Talk about it. The more reviews, the easier it is for people to be able to find us. We are trying to break down the stigma and normalize consensual non-monogamy. Spread the word. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash I love Polly. On Instagram at I love Polly cares or on Twitter at I love Polly. And we're always looking for your happy Polly moments to share on the show. So please email us your moments at podcast at I love Polly.org. All right, Polly Ham Fam. Catch you next week. Goodbye! Bye! <laughs> Thank you for talking your Polly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepoly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.